there is a different level of uh, adrenaline that comes in the early journeys of a startup and i like that and it is very important to acknowledge that it is being done for the fun of that portion because from a financial perspective it might result in nothing so welcome to outliers this is a podcast with outliers and uh, you know i'm really excited uh, i'm i'm actually excited with the hunts i have to make to sit down with <laughs> outliers and some day i will definitely uh, share data on the average time taken to uh, sit down with the outliers i <laughs> i pursue and uh, this outlier in particular uh, you know would join the club of uh, over a year uh, <laughs> chase uh, i'm sitting down with uh, ashish gupta ashish uh, has uh, many things uh, that you know i mean we would remember him from uh, you know selling a building jungly being pa- part of that team and selling it to amazon and later uh, you know building helion uh, but more importantly you know when i go around indian entrepreneurial ecosystem talk to entrepreneurs uh, inside and outside uh, there is a tremendous respect uh, and uh, love <laughs> that i always speak about you ashish so uh, you know the reasons <laughs> why i have been trying to sit down with you welcome to the podcast no thank you so much and uh, um, and uh, sorry for such a long time has been spent in 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 this dance so look forward to the chat <laughs> okay so let us start from the start where do you come from i mean one of the things i always remembered meeting you for the first time is uh, our conversation in shuddha hindi <laughs> like really enjoyed it but tell me a little bit about yourself ashish where, where do you come from and so uh, my father is from the armed forces and uh, my mom while having a whole bunch of education decided to sacrifice a career in favor of taking care of her kids and so she did a lot of the heavy lifting <laughs> and uh, have a sister who's uh, in gurgaon older to me and uh, spent some time bouncing around different parts of the country so grew up in hyderabad shillong mount abu dehradun and then went to it kanpur for an undergraduate degree and so i have just wonderful memories of growing up <laughs> <laughs> what uh, was becoming entrepreneur all about for you uh, how and why did it happen so i am an accidental entrepreneur actually most of the things that have that i have done are more accidental rather than deliberate uh, and i became an entrepreneur because i was dissatisfied with the day jobs that i was doing so it was an exercise of running away from what was otherwise considered the normal thing to do as opposed to having the clarity that i wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, so i used to work for ibm research had a absolutely wonderful boss didn't appreciate how good things were for me so left joined oracle had another wonderful boss still didn't appreciate how things uh, how good things were and then left and started jungly but it was mostly a quest driven not by knowing what i want to do but knowing that i did not want to do something mm-hmm. which was that i did not want to sit and work in these companies but so and then luckily and accidentally found that uh, entrepreneurship was indeed what i enjoyed doing and since then to now i have been involved in starting three different companies uh, jungly tabant and then jungly uh, and then helion i beg your pardon yeah. yeah 
uh, <coughs> before we move on, what is with the name Jungli? <laughs> oh, the name Jungli was uh, the we had a Japanese investor, and when we had originally five people had gotten together and to start the company, the original idea was that of a gentleman called Dallin Quas. He seldom gets mentioned because the other four people were around when the company exited. Dallin had left the company somewhere during the journey, uh, so the five of us when we started uh, the company. The investor was a Japanese gentleman uh, who was the chairman of Sanyo Semiconductors, and we were playing this Shami Kapoor song um, in the office, जो पुराना जंगली का जो गाना है, and Yahoo was flying very high. This was 2016, so Yahoo was all the rage. Um, Netscape had just gone public, and the biggest gorilla in the internet space was Yahoo. And in that song, Yahoo and Jungli both show up. Together, as some of you might already know, of course. and that was the genesis of. He said, "Well, you should name the company Jungli," and we named the company Jungli. So, a Japanese person who doesn't <laughs> understand the meaning of the word is responsible for the name. <laughs> yeah, I can say I guess as much. Uh, before we uh, get to a mode wherein I, you know, take uh, insights from you about the learnings you have had by watching entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. uh let us spend a little time on your entrepreneurial ventures sure. and key learnings there take me through uh life uh and death of entrepreneurial dreams sure. as as you know through your lens uh, across different things that you have built uh capture some key lessons for us ashish okay so uh, clearly we all take away very very different lessons from this and um we people have different success formulas that work for them so a lot also has to do with who the person is um for example if you look at <coughs> founders across the the board uh, there are people who like bill gates who have a very different reputation than steve jobs but they're all enormously successful by conventional measures and so take this as with a large grain of salt um so for me personally what has worked uh, well is i've been blessed that i've got to work with some extraordinarily good people and i think uh, in a team having multiple good people and my belief is that the founding team should be about three people um even though five started helion as uh, actually helion tawant and jungli were all started by five people so Uh, clearly i'm not standing by my own uh, recommendation uh, so somewhere between uh, three people four people i think is a good uh, sweet spot because that allows some room for one person to fall off the bandwagon yet there are still more than one people left behind of whom one will scale and one will potentially not scale so you're still left with one or maybe two people who can scale and that keeps the spirit of the starting uh, journey with you um and what do i mean by good the people the traits that i've been blessed to find in several of my partners uh, there are two or three that really stand out <coughs> one is intellectual honesty and that allows one to see the facts for what they are as opposed to what one would like them to be mm-hmm. uh, so for example when we started jungli we thought we are starting a database company and we very quickly realized that Uh, the world doesn't want another database what they want is an application on top of the database 
so we started building a comparison shopping actually we started first building a way to find jobs it was a job hunting application and then we realized that actually yahoo wanted a comparison shopping engine so we built a comparison shopping engine after that and this evolution happened in response to accepting what the market wanted as opposed to necessarily being caught up in what we thought needs to be built yeah. so that intellectual honesty uh, and that also by the way is a fine line uh, you can't just be jerked around by the market every morning so there is a fine line between being nimble and being fickle so uh, so that is one intellectual honesty um, the other one that i have found very useful in pretty much all my partners is uh, the willingness to put the organization ahead of themselves and that allows decisions to become therefore much easier and one is not caught up in whether the person is saying something because of the wrong intentions uh, and therefore one can move forward much faster so it's important to be aligned uh, from a value system perspective in my mind for that um there is the importance of just hard work because there are plenty of smart people out there um, so it, things don't happen just because one is supposed to be smart or whatever you got to work hard and even then you got to get lucky so one can't take one's luck too seriously and conflate it with uh, one's right so hard work intellectual honesty and an alignment of the value system um are some of the things that uh, mm. i found to be interesting uh, ingredients for at least what has worked for me um <coughs> i'm a rookie entrepreneur <laughs> still learning from these conversations but one of the questions i find uh, almost every entrepreneur i have met or even uh, successful business people is that uh this question about should i continue doing it or not mm-hmm. uh or you know should i move on mm-hmm. or should i keep hanging in ji and this is the question where and then we start defining people okay this person is not letting it go yeah. this is a zombie startup yeah. or on the other hand someone stays in and it becomes a big thing <laughs> so how do you uh, help me understand how do you approach such question yeah uh, and how have you approached this in your career as an entrepreneur yeah so in my career as an entrepreneur um there is so jungly we got lucky in that we were at the right place at the right time we were solving a problem that was interesting somebody came along and said let's buy you out and we <coughs> sold now one can ask a question why did you not keep building which is a proxy of what you were saying because walking away from something whether one walks away because the money was good or whether one walks away because one decided the business is not going away is not going forward it's still walking away so at one level it's the same kind of decision and then at tavant we had started a saas company which we then converted into a services company Uh, this was circa 2000 and we realized that the saas business is not uh, it was very early for the saas business and also our idea was not at the right place at the right time so in that one we actually walked away from the business and converted it into a regular old services company and the company is doing very well thanks to the leadership of the ceo sarvesh so they were both examples of uh, of walking away and ironically helion um, falls in that same category also uh, we are not raising any more money so how do i look at this <coughs> i think there is no right answer that is first and foremost because it is a judgment call and there is no way to build a parallel universe to figure out uh, what would it have been mm-hmm. otherwise so <coughs> i think the biggest thing is that one has to 
make sure that the people who are taking the call are uh, bought into that decision and whether or not that decision is right or wrong uh, we will never know so one has to be at at peace with it so i know several people have told me that hey you should have continued to build jungly because it could have become a very large enterprise and maybe the answer is yes maybe we could have gone to nothing uh, so i don't know so i'm sorry i don't have a very good answer to your question other than the fact that b- believe your own answer keeping in mind the trade offs that you are willing to make uh, because it is a very very personal question it is as personal as whether or not you should do a startup um, not everybody should do a startup there are 99% of the world is happy not being an entrepreneur it's not because they are wrong and that 1% is right um, it is different strokes uh, for different folks and a lot of things go into it um, can my family afford the continued price that a startup exacts whether it is time whether it is money whether it is attention away from kids parents whatever else it is a very important factor would i rather have some money in my bank if we are talking of selling a company or would i rather play for larger stakes uh, one of the people that i worked with once told me that i think small i meaning me i think small because i was telling him hey you'll make 100 million dollars and he said well that's not the reason i'm in this game um whereas for me it was a very logical thing to do which was to take that exit um and so i think it is an intensely personal question um what i would say however is that one should listen to the people around you to ask what would they do but more importantly why would they do what they do because what would they do is very easy to say the reasons behind why they would do will give one material to then think about whether i have considered all the factors so if somebody tells me hey i would exit this company that is not so interesting what is interesting is to find out why would you exit this company pankaj and if you tell me because i think that you are going to get eaten up by amazon and so and so forth now i have more material to factor into my judgment so i would talk to a bunch of people around me uh, not take their opinions on what they would do but rather factor in the reasons for why they would do what they would do but then take my own call <coughs> no i i think i i completely understand yeah. what you're saying and i think i agree with it because of the point you mentioned about <coughs> uh, the understanding why decision making frameworks are different for different people yeah. there is context ji uh before i transition into your role as a bystander <laughs> uh why did you become an entrepreneur again this is something else that uh, we discuss a lot uh, so called serial entrepreneurship mm-hmm. uh almost like a serial killer the <laughs> <laughs> reasons are very similar yeah it, it was <laughs> it was crazy cool like exactly <laughs> so <laughs> it was uh, you had quite an exit right i mean yeah and again depending who you ask right yeah. so so why did you become an entrepreneur again so clearly the decision to leave amazon from a financial perspective was a stupid decision um and like i said right in the beginning most of things that i have done are not very deliberate and so i ended up becoming an entrepreneur again because five of us were talking about this idea and we all liked it and we thought that okay might as well go do it so a combination of uh, excitement some measure of naivete clearly it was not such a good idea we figured out in eight months that it was a bad idea um so that excitement naivete also there is a different level of uh, adrenaline that comes in the early journeys of a startup and i like that 
and it is very important to acknowledge that it is being done for the fun of that portion because from a financial perspective it might result in nothing so i find that at least for me if that problem is not exciting and helion started for the same reason i moved from the us to here and it took a bunch of time to raise money and there were four of us that were pounding the pavement to raise the money so it was not easy but then nothing is ever easy uh, but it was again for the same reason the the excitement of doing that thing was the primary reason <coughs> that that explains it yeah. <laughs> and there is some hope that that excitement will be correlated to value but i would be incorrect if i told you that it was the potential value of the of what was being created that was the fun it was <coughs> the excitement of trying to do it that was the primary driver okay so so now let's shift gears and uh, your your role as uh, an angel investor or a partner with entrepreneurs is equally fascinating uh, if if anyone were to look at the entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial teams that you have been you know part of uh what i want to understand from you ashish a few things uh what works and what doesn't work bro- very broadly but in particular uh you we can pause it and you want to take it no keep going okay <laughs> yeah. uh in in particular uh so when you decide to work with an entrepreneur what is that decision making all about yeah so um some of it is looking at the people who are involved and coming to a conclusion whether these are people that i think and again time will tell us uh, that are going to be able to pull off uh, what they want to do uh, i am also particularly biased in favor of going after spaces that are somewhat early because there is room to make mistakes there are people who are experts in spaces and they are comfortable going into spaces that are late because they understand spaces very deeply i don't understand too many spaces very deeply so as a result i am reluctant to go after ideas that are very narrowly focused because there is less room to make errors there and there is more depth of knowledge required a priori so i prefer ideas where the space is early for example daksh was one of the first companies in the bpo space there people who are strong on first principles intellectual honesty hard work uh, listening to the customer can adapt to a market which is in itself very nascent and therefore they are at par with anybody else and therefore a good athlete has a good chance of winning that race whereas uh, if you're looking for specialists that is not something that is my sweet spot so i'm biased therefore in that way um and market size of course now market size is a confusing thing especially in india because very few markets look like they will fundamentally be large and that comes down to how much money you put in versus what is the size of exit you want to get and that is a problem with a lot of the size of investments in india if you end up putting in 50 million dollars getting a 100 million dollar exit doesn't work uh, you fundamentally need much larger exits if you had put in 5 then getting a 100 million dollar exit is fantastic for everybody so when i say size of market i mean size of market commensurate with investment that will come in <coughs> that is another thing uh, that is interesting uh, in india therefore i end up choosing not so much necessarily identifying the size of market but rather the amount of value creation vis-a-vis how hard will it be for somebody else to replicate and does it solve a real problem and then i'm betting on the fact that the market will grow 
because the problem is interesting and it is hard to for somebody else to just come in. So there the framework is slightly different uh, as compared to a US company where you can indeed look at an existing market size which is large enough. Uh, but that I personally find a harder exercise to do in India. So I go back uh, one uh, building block lower that is it defensible and does it solve a real problem for somebody. <coughs> no, we also keep hearing, uh, uh, you know, uh, idea may be good or bad, but entrepreneur yeah. matters. Uh, we, be, you know, better entrepreneur, uh, idea may fail, entrepreneur will always win. Right. What are the, and also help us understand things through the India lens, Ashish, yeah. right? Because, so who is this quintessential Indian entrepreneur? So the quintessential Indian entrepreneur, I don't know. <laughs> okay, because... The whole space is evolving so quickly that the nature of the people in the business is changing very quickly also. So I don't think that there is a quintessential um, Indian entrepreneur. Um, so I don't know what else to say there. Um, I can tell you what are some of the things that I think make uh, gear somebody up for success <coughs> over others. Some of them are as I was talking about before intellectual honesty, the ability to work hard, the ability to put the company ahead of themselves. Some other things that I would throw into the mix, one is outbound skills. Because whoever, somebody in the team needs to be able to sell the company to investors, sell the company to recruits, sell the company to customers, so there has to be somebody who has outbound skills. Um, it is very essential whether it is an engineering product or whatever, because sales is part of everything, <coughs> recruiting, yeah. generation, revenue, blah, blah, blah. So one is outbound skills. That I think is very important. Finding people who have grit in that have they struggled through some adverse um, circumstances somewhere in the past, mm -hmm. because adverse circumstances are going to arrive. That is for sure. Matter is when, not if. And in India, particularly, I also end up looking for, do they have appreciation of cash? Okay. Now, that is a very dangerous one to call out because there are several companies in India that are highly valued precisely because they have no appreciation for cash. But, and I don't therefore quite know how to reconcile this last conundrum. <laughs> and I think there one way that I do reconcile it, uh, but I'm not totally bought into my reconciliation, is that if somebody has extraordinarily fund, high fundraising skills, the market is, especially in winner-take-all kinds of categories, <clears throat> one can compensate for the inability to deal with cash with the ability to raise large amounts of cash. Fundamentally, if you ask me, I'm not at peace with that trade-off. So, therefore, I struggle with that last one. And I still believe that somebody who has uh, respect for cash and ability to make sure that they understand how much cash is getting spent is somebody I'm more naturally biased to. Um, but like I said, uh, I can argue against myself in the Indian context uh, <laughs> there. <coughs> one of the other things is, uh, does one have to be really nasty to be successful? I think that is not at all the case. And I'm asking that question because, <coughs> and this is a culture Ji. question, right? So, so I used to track the Infosys Vipros of the world, you know, Murthy's, Pranjit and all that. And now, of course, this next generation. Yeah. So I keep picking this thing. <coughs> so the way... Uh, you, you talk internally and outside. Uh, so this thing of being cool uh, and this thing of being nasty, there was this beautiful article someone wrote on about Virat Kohli <coughs> and how he is 
he, he epitomizes and he reflects this generational shift wherein great examples are about people who are who are nasty in that sense right i mean i'm obscenely successful mm-hmm. what how do you explain something like this to someone who is getting be, uh, a wannabe or a new entrepreneur and looking around for examples ji uh, i don't I, it, this is a little philosophical yeah, question yeah, yeah, but i have seen this percolate to the culture of organizations yeah. is why i'm asking this right. question so fortunately if we just look around us in the indian ecosystem <coughs> there are innumerable examples of individuals that i believe are very fine people uh, and not just in my uh, squishy thing but non nasty uh, they are polite they are respectful they are not putting on a veneer and I, at the risk of naming names uh, you meet deep kalra yeah. you meet sanjeev bhikchandani or hitesh they are as successful by any measure as entrepreneurs can get and they are pleasures to be with and i'm not just saying this because we are friends but i hear this from um, repeatedly from the ecosystem also so clearly there are and there are many 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 more so one doesn't need to be nasty to be successful at least we have evidence that allows us to be non philosophical about that assertion um why does this belief system get about i really don't know um i think sometimes being firm and direct gets conflated with being nasty and that is also sometimes i think people who are firm and direct sometimes get branded as being nasty because we do have a challenge in our indian cultural ethos where we have a lot of trouble saying no and somebody who says no can sometimes be perceived as being nasty so i don't know how much of this comes from uh mislabeling a behavior which otherwise is not acceptable i do believe that people have to be direct and they have to be firm and if that means they get labeled nasty then so be it but truly being nasty for the heck of it um i don't see why that would be a reason why people would succeed i actually think that there are strong evidences if you read uh, good to great for example um to the extent you can believe that research they have a consistent theme that the people who come out ahead are people who are not nasty and by the way that is true of the guys who run google the guy who runs amazon um, and the list goes on and on so it is not just about the domestic stuff so i would actually urge folks to totally not take my word for it but do their homework and uh i would be surprised if they come to the conclusion are there examples of people who succeeded by being nasty there are examples of everything out there um why does this lack of nastiness i think work in the long run uh, people matter when most people like to be treated well uh, i doubt anybody likes to be treated uh, badly so if one is actually respectful of people i think you will build a longer set of folks who will speak well of you who will do well by you who will want to work with you and most companies at the end of the day are people so i don't see why it is a more complicated argument uh, than just that in individual sports uh, i can imagine uh, even there i struggle by the way if i am let's say a tennis player or a golf player where the only person i have to deal with are is a set of five people maybe i can afford to be more nasty i don't even see how one can be Uh, unreasonable person in the context of a cricket team so one probably has to be exceptional to get over that handicap <laughs> is the way i would see it <laughs> i agree with you final two questions 
hashish uh, quick ones one is i mean if we don't talk flipkart with you yes. it it will not be complete biggest exit but i don't want to focus on details and anything else i just want to understand one thing from you especially since you been part of that journey or at least entered that journey much before ji yes. very early on i just want to understand one thing from you in that journey from if you were to pick one or two signals mm-hmm. that kind of explain this success that followed later of course they had a long journey and all that what would be one or two things you will pick that for you defines the flipkart journey uh, if you go back uh, i'm i'm trying to understand uh, are there any early signals that you picked which got so if i understand your question when i tagged along so i was brought into the deal by shubhruto and abhishek at excel okay and i came along because both of those guys i have a lot of respect for and when i met sachin and bini uh, they to me were very appealing because they fit a lot of the characteristics that i was talking about if your question was did i have a sense that it would become so big the answer is absolutely not i had no clue how big this is going to become i seem to remember the discussions were maybe this can become worth 100 million dollars uh, so i don't know if i have a good answer to your question uh, i had no clue <laughs> <laughs> no no okay not necessarily whether it will become that big Ji. but in terms of what you see saw and remember the most uh, from from this entrepreneurial team sure so th- i think one of it was the team that i would also actually give a lot of credit to lee of uh, of tiger for at least and this is my perspective by the when blind man and the elephant each blind person sees only one part of the elephant and i was only peripherally involved so i could have missed many parts of the elephant the part of the elephant that i saw and i also would like to call out is i think credit to sachin and bini for buying into a very large vision and also a lot of credit to lee for helping everybody around the table see a much larger dream then when started out and then backing it with a lot of money because large dreams often take a lot of resource so that was one of the lessons at least from that whole journey that came to me where uh, he's one of the interesting examples in my mind lee of when an investor can meaningfully change the size of dream and then credit to the rest of the people to say okay we will go for a big dream because it comes with more risk it comes with more pain and so on and so forth yeah. so that is one thing that stands out to me no no yeah that's absolutely clear mm-hmm. and i agree with you final thing uh, ashish <laughs> this is philosophical yeah. what what does wealth mean to you oh my god <laughs> okay so several and this is a very very hard one so it is both an asset and a liability one of the things that it means is the ability to do what i would like to do the hard part is figuring out what i like to do because i was doing it even when i didn't have quote unquote wealth i left my job when our family income together my wife and i was 60000 per annum which doesn't go that far but so that has not gotten in the way of doing stuff but that is indeed one of the things that i think wealth means to me which is the ability to do what one wants as opposed to what one doesn't I think another part of it does mean and I don't mean this in any altruistic sense because I don't believe in altruism I think just the model of selfishness helps explain why one should do all kinds of things including 
help other people because one gets joy out of it and that is good enough reason uh, one doesn't even know whether it will have good consequences yeah. for the other person like mosquito nets in africa uh, it ended up in people killing fishes because they started fishing with those mosquito nets so altruism is a very dangerous thing but so which is why i would rather come from a selfish uh, frame of reference um, doing things that other people want to do so not only what you want to do but enabling other people to do things that they want to do so if somebody wants to start a company or if somebody wants to go do something i think part of the fun of having some wealth is to be able to not only have your own journey but vicariously join other people's journeys because the kind of energy that comes out of being party to doing things that people want to do innately that joy is just amazing so it is just a variant of the first one so those are two things that come to me <laughs> joy you know okay. the final final question <laughs> i mean it's infectious every time yeah. i meet you and i i don't mean to question and you know yeah. get the see <laughs> what does uh, one of the things with wealth and everybody seeking happiness right yeah. so what is your definition uh-huh. what what is and even the legacy question yeah. what what are these things what do you think of these things so legacy i don't understand okay because uh, i think i don't think that big or that far maybe uh, wealth and joy i think totally uncorrelated uh, because uh, if wealth was a reason for being happy uh, the data would be very different than what it is outside uh, people who commit suicides are uh, more often people who are wealthy whereas not so there is there is plenty of evidence that they are uncorrelated what to me uh, it means is uh bringing down expectations and this is going to sound very wacky but i think the whole duality issue that one comes up with in in hinduism is very powerful so being an entrepreneur also they are all the same things by the way i don't think there are too many concepts the number of concepts is very small so being on this dual edge so as an entrepreneur you need to believe in yourself yet you have to be willing to replace yourself you need to conserve cash yes you should spend cash on the right things you should be very aggressive yet you should plan for the downside so these are all very contradictory but the fact is that that is the job of an entrepreneur and i think it is no different than all of our jobs on a day to day life which is what i mean by the principles are all the same so should we be trying creating wealth in my mind the answer is no we should be trying to create value because value then creates wealth so if i solve a problem that is in the logistic space and if it is important to somebody money will come out of it whereas if i try and get money the shortest path is to go rob a bank um so uh, i think one needs to pursue value in cognizance of the fact that wealth will follow so if i'm making sense at yes, all yes you are and joy is also i think very similar where i don't want to pursue joy because that is a destructive process in its own right so something else needs to be pursued of which joy is a side effect and one of them like i said before is what is a value creation exercise that i truly feel passionate about if i pursue that joy will come out as a side effect um, so i think the quest is to figure out what can one do consciously and then all the rest is side effect uh, and if one can figure out what one can do consciously so for example humility i think one should not pursue humility because if you try and pursue humility uh, you destroy humility uh, a person who tries to pursue humility becomes Uh, artificially humble am i making sense yes you are uh, but instead if one tries to pursue intellectual honesty and one tries to pursue empathy humility comes out as a side effect 
and those are two that you can actually pursue. Uh, I can make a conscious effort to listen to the other person, that is empathy. I can consciously try to make sure I accept all the facts. Um, and if I am listening to the world and I am accepting of reality, I will very quickly figure out that I have nothing much to be proud about. It doesn't take too much to, and humility will come out as a logical consequence because what other choice does one have if one accepts the rest of the fact? So I'm sorry I've wandered off on a tangent, no. but joy is another one of those things that I don't think can be pursued um, consciously. Um, either um, what one can do is make a choice to look at the constructive part of what is going on. And I'm not able to do this all the time, lest I communicate the wrong. Uh, this is intellectual comprehension. Execution is much poorer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but so beautifully put, Ashish. And, and yeah. one of the things I always believe in, conversations is what I also chase and focus on. Stories are byproduct yeah. as a journalist. Yeah. So I think you the term you use is not byproduct, but... Uh, what was that? Consequence of it. Or byproduct yeah. is a wonderful <laughs> word. Also. Yeah. So, so great talking to you, Ashish. Thank you so and much. Godspeed with everything. Thank you. And same to you. Thank Mada you. Thank you.